beginning our 15th year of the next step. This is episode 733, appropriately a prime number, June 23, 2022. Hi, this is Susie from In His Shoes Ministries, welcoming you to a 15th season of the Next Step Podcast with Father Vazgen. With these podcasts, Father Vazgen provides a very distinct and consistent voice for Armenian orthodoxy. It is the means for providing people an intelligent and practical answer to life's difficulties based on the solid principles of love, faith, and hope as expressed by our Lord, Jesus Christ. We produce these shows every week for a vast audience, which includes those who are searching for practical and deeper applications of faith, the disenfranchised members of the church community, and, of course, the neophyte. So we invite you to sit back, turn up the volume, and get ready to take the next step. It's the only answer to why. Armadoxy. Actually, I'll, I'll even go a little bit further. Armadoxy is the only answer that can be given to the question why. Why what? My grandmother, survivor of the genocide, 1915, circa 1915. They're being exiled from their home. They're walking in the desert and she's got one child in her arms, the other she's hanging on or he's hanging on for dear life as they're being persecuted, tormented, ridiculed by Turkish guards, gendarmes, people who are pushing them, pushing them to leave. And they've succumbed to all kinds of horrible, horrible diseases, the population in this in this exodus. And the small little child, who would, both of these would be my father's brothers, the small child in her arm succumbs to malaria or, or some horrible, horrible disease. And she is forced to dig a ditch and bury him. And, and he's there in an unmarked grave on the desert. And then she has to pick up and grab on to my other uncle or four-year-old. And she's hanging on, or he, like I said, he's hanging on for dear life. And they keep going, they keep going. And she comes down on her knees and she says a prayer to God. A prayer that she's given to me not only in instruction, but has actually written it in her own writing and has handed it to me. It's a prayer from St. Nersus Shnorhali, St. Nersus the Graceful. Jesus, you are the wisdom of the Father. Grant me wisdom so that I may think, speak, and do that which is good in your sight. And so Why? Why? Instead of stopping and cursing God, instead of stopping and looking up to the heavens and saying, why me? Why is this happening? How come not only my grandmother, but thousands of others looked up to the heavens and prayed? Or at the very least, didn't give up their faith? Well, one answer could be, obviously, that they maybe they were, I hate to use the term, an idiot. They were idiots, right? They weren't thinking. And I'm sure that there are people who will point to them and say, yeah, these people are stupid. Yeah. But the greater answer is really the answer of armadoxy. 
And not only that, it's not only is it an answer to this question, why did they do that? But it can be the only answer to why they did that. Because it also points to the longevity of a people who are not supposed to be here. Just as Christ was not supposed to be there three days after his crucifixion, Armadoxy is the reason why there is a people now. There is a people who is standing and living and breathing, even though we're not supposed to be here after a national Golgotha, a national crucifixion. Armadoxy. The ancient practice of Armenian Orthodoxy in the world today. That's what was special in 1915. That's what's been special through the centuries and millennia. And that's what's special to us today. As we start off our 15th year of broadcasting the next step. Hard to believe it's been 15 years. We just celebrated our, let's see, our 14th anniversary on the 18th of this month, last Saturday. 14th anniversary, which means today with this podcast, we begin our 15th year of broadcasting the next step. And we started off with the same premise, like, what is it? What is it about the Armenian faith, the Armenian church faith, the Armenian Orthodox faith that works? What is it about this faith that has allowed a people to not only survive crucifixion, but to conquer crucifixion and resurrect? And if there is something special in that faith, why not share it with the world? And that's where we're at today. Why not share this with the world? I mean, imagine we have a power that's connecting us to something that, well, people will call God. Others might call a power. Others may call it a spirit. Others may call it something un-understandable. And you want to know something? That's where we begin the next step. Yes, I've been sharing with you a few things that we did in preparation for today's show, but one of which was we had a chance to go through the archives. Number one, number one next step was about the very basic beginning of Armenian Orthodox faith. Every Sunday when you go into a church, the hymn Chorut Chorin is sung. And it's exactly that. Mystery, deep, inscrutable. In other words, you cannot understand it. You can't even kind of define it, go into it. You can't dissect it. You can't analyze it. It's beyond our words, beyond our understanding. And that's what leaves us in awe. And we in the Armenian Church have been saying this all along for the last 2,000 years. That awe, ahavor, full of awe, awful. Now, awful has other connotations, but think of awful as full of awe. Is really what God leaves us with. That God is beyond our understanding. If somebody comes up to you and says, this is who God is, this is what God is all about, well, you know what? <laughs> How could anyone dare to speak for God or to say that is the totality of it all? In fact, in Sirach, he says, in the end, everything that we look at, 
the beauty and the wonders. He is the all. Where can we find the words to express who God is? And at at some point, we've got to resign to the fact that God is beyond our faculties. And the minute that we try to put God and we say, this is God, that's no longer God, right? God has to be above our words, our understanding. So we've been saying this for 2,000 years, right? This is what armadoxy is about because that's the basis of it, that awe, that mystery. And we say that that has to be interpreted for our world today, armadoxy. And then along comes Albert Einstein, you know, like late in the story, right? Armenians have been doing this for the last 2,000 years. Albert Einstein arrives at the scene in the 1900s. And he says something very powerful. He says the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. Oh, well, we've got to listen now. It's Albert Einstein who said it, <laughs> right? I think about it. You know, I always tell you, it's like the, the politics are there. I don't mean politics in the usual sense, but the politics in like who's who. Where is that, where is that ability to share this with the world? Albert Einstein says it. Oh, well, wait, let's put that in a greeting card. Let's sell that to Hallmark, right? We've been saying this for 2,000 years. Listen to what Albert Einstein says. The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and science. Wow. He to whom the emotion is a stranger, who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe. He he who can no longer pause in wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. The insight into the mystery of life, coupled though it be with fear, has also given rise to religion. To know what is impenetrable to us really exists, manifesting itself as the highest wisdom and the most radiant beauty, which our dull faculties can comprehend only in their most primitive forms. This knowledge... This feeling is at the center of true religiousness. Wow. Albert Einstein said that. We've been saying this. It's the why. Why my grandmother stopped and instead of cursing God, looked up and said a prayer. Jesus, wisdom of the Father, grant me the wisdom that I may speak Think and do that which is good in your sight. That there has to be a higher principle to life, especially after all we see in this world. Now, getting this out to the world is where we come in. This is a treasure that we have, and we need to be able to share this with the world. And hence we talk about armadoxy as that ancient tradition given to us today. The other day I had a young lady came up to me and she was talking about difficulties she's having in uh, the dating world and everything. And uh, she was saying, you know, things about where's God and how is God going to do it. And, you know, I I shared this with her and I'll share it with you. Think about just a hundred years ago, only a hundred years ago. 
I mean, the idea that dating was about you from one village, a young lady, goes to the watering hole to pick up to get a bucket of water for your village, for your house. And there you see another young man who's probably doing the same for his village. And you start talking and interacting. And maybe he offers to hold the water for you. And in so doing, you make a connection. And the next thing you know that the young man's family comes and visits your 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 family, the girl's family, and they ask for her hand. And together they get together and two villages have gotten together and they come and they share a meal and they are happy because the priest has blessed the vows between these two and hence you have a new family. Look at the simplicity of that compared to today. We have extra added layers on there and you may say, well, it's the same thing. No, it's not. We're going through a lot of difficulties, including the inability to communicate at a very primal level. Why? Considering that we have all the resources and an abundance of resources, we still lack the ability to communicate at the very primal and primitive level. And herein comes our challenge, our challenge as an Armenian church our challenge as a group of people vested with the duty to bring the gospel to the world. Because what is that gospel? It's nothing more than there is a chance now. There is a chance for all of us to be united with eternity, to be united with the beginning of the universe and the end of the universe. In other words, to be united with God. And we complicate it with all kinds of stories about stars in the sky flashing and uh, way in a manger. And we talk about the road to Jericho. And we talk about the Jews being the chosen people. We talk about um, Mount Ararat where the Noah's Ark. You know, these are all nice stories that kind of like fill in the holes. But the bottom line is we have an opportunity which Christ Jesus Christ gave to us by saying you are blessed. Blessed are you because you are a child of of God. Blessed are you because you're looking for peace. Blessed are you because you're being persecuted, but you're being persecuted for the reasons that are important in life. Those reasons are that of love. When Jesus says, when you're being persecuted for my sake, Think about that. Think how easy it is to interpret that. What are we being persecuted for? For sharing love? For doing the good? It was the same thing that he was persecuted for. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. And for so long, people have taken that and they have made their statements of faith and really taken it this way and that way. But look at the very simpleness of that statement. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but through me. And then along comes Nerses Shnorhali, who gives us the primer. He says, the name of love is Jesus. Seranun Jesus. Oh. The name of love is Jesus. So when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, what is he saying? Love. 
is the way, the truth. Love is life. How have we complicated it? And yet we have that primer. We have that means, you know, if you if you were going to take a big map and try to map out something that you do, you need the primer. You need that small little key that tells you what the symbols are and what it means. There it is. Saint Nesheshnorali delivered it to us. And then we have delivered it vis-a-vis this platform, the next step, for the last 14 years. And we're at this junction right now. It's uh, starting our 15th year. And what a great opportunity to maybe check out a little bit of our past, to share with you a question that I think a lot of people ask me. How did this all begin? Where, do you, where did you get your inspiration? What, well, I gave you the basic, basic inspiration earlier. Grandma, that grandma story. The grandma story is what got me going. Because it's a story that when you confront it, there's no other explanation but to understand the power of God in our lives. Yeah, that story is where we begin. And then for the last 40 years since my ministry began as a priest and even earlier as a deacon, as a person, has been wrapped up in this idea of sharing the gospel in whatever ways that we can. Electronics is one means that is that that is touching us right now. And so I think people have asked me, when, how did you get involved in the electronic means and everything? So I thought, today's a great opportunity. Let's back up. No, this isn't one of those self-promotional kind of things. I kind of like shy away from this. You know, you create, a, you create something and then you create stories about that something. No, right now at, at age 14, starting our 15th year, I think we have the right to say, wow, something has happened. And I want to share that with you because there is a little axiom, so to speak, that I that I share with you, something that I discovered many years ago when somebody challenged me. They said, what's a blessing? And think about that for a moment. How do you describe a blessing? What is a blessing? Bless me, Father, they come up to me and they say, Get what a blessing you are in our lives, people might say to one another. To your child, you are certainly a blessing. What does that blessing mean? And I came up with this one little idea. A blessing is luck without the element of chance. Blessing is luck without the element of chance. And if you think about it for a moment, yes, that's exactly what a blessing is. God bless you. You're saying, may you be lucky. May may God bless you. May he give you all the blessings, all the goodness. May he give you that luck. But in saying that, no, this is not like the luck that you're talking about on a roulette table. or saying, I hope I'm lucky and I get the red. I hope I get number 35. I hope I get this or that card coming up on a on a table of gambling. No, that's not that kind of luck because there is no element of chance because with God you are blessed. So it's a luck without the chance. That's a blessing. And I feel like many blessings have touched us. And that's what I want to share with you. So why don't you take a moment right now, as we do every week, we play a song of the day that gives us a chance to digest what's been said. And I'm going to share with you a little journey that I've taken where one right after the other have just opened up doors 
and I hope it'll be an inspiration because it's it's a story that in many ways I hope that in the next few months I'll be able to put down and share share with the world because I think it's the basis for armadoxy. So you as my next step listeners on this 14th anniversary as we start this 15th year of broadcasting the next step I want to share it with you first. Here is the song that I picked out for today and I'll explain in just a moment why. Enjoy. Bicycles for two Broken hearted Jubilee Parachutes, army boots Sleeping bags for two Sentimental jamboree McCartney's Junk. Yeah, that's what it's called, Junk. Came out in his 1970 solo album, one of my personal favorites. Paul McCartney celebrated a birthday, 80th birthday, same day as ours, June 18th. So when the next step started 14 years ago, he was a wee little lad of 66 years old. Paul McCartney has brought so much joy into the life of people, has really shaped music in a, in a, such a, a a dramatic and profound way uh we we really underestimate how fortunate we are to be living in a world that's been flavored by by such a genius as Paul McCartney just wanted to share that small song it's one of my favorites junk one of my favorites that I like playing on the piano too just uh, there's something about it uh, one of my early childhood memories was just hearing my grandmother, who had a genocide survivor, you know, singing yesterday, humming yesterday. She used to love it. And I remember thinking that, wow, how, this is as a kid, I remember thinking like, wow, you know, like a, how his music, Paul McCartney's music, crosses generations that even my grandmother 
would be humming a song like uh, Yesterday. And I think this one too, Junk, is one of those beautiful tunes that unfortunately gets forgotten. He celebrated his 80th birthday and there were so many specials, one of which was having his daughter, I can't remember if it was Stella or Mary, doing a reflection on the songs. And this particular song, Junk, was one of her favorites because it brought together uh, early times in her lives. For me, 1970, the breakup of the Beatles, the first album, the first solo album came out, McCartney, and it was just filled track after track after track of just beautiful tunes, one of which was junk, and there was also a sing-along junk, which was an instrumental, so you got to sing along. Also, if you listen to the lyrics, you'd know why I like it. There's a lot of connecting the dots. We'll have a link on today's show notes, okay? Well, we are here starting our 15th year of broadcasting, podcasting, The Next Step, and I'm glad you're with us. Some of you have been here for a long time. Some of you are just new-time converts to The Next Step, or perhaps even just testing it. Last Sunday after church, somebody came up to me after church service, and I was in uh, Rancho Mirage celebrating the Divine Liturgy. And a man came up to me and he said, why is there a picture of St. Mary up at the on top of the altar? And um, I explained why we have the, the icon of the Blessed Mother. To which he says, well, why are you guys worshiping? And the minute he said that, I realized that this man had read somewhere along the way that uh, the Armenians worship St. Mary, and therefore he was out to pick a fight. And he got very confrontational, and then I just realized that, you know, what am I trying to explain to this guy? He's come here with his preconceived ideas. And I had to very nicely and kindly tell him that I'm really not interested in engaging in this conversation, which I wish I had done from the beginning. I wish I had just looked at him and said, are you asking me... Like, do you want to know the reason why St. Mary is up at the on, on the altar table, the picture, the icon? Or are you just trying to pick a fight? You know, because there are people who do that. They read something. I've shared with you this, like, this analogy of if I were to read a, a chapter on, <laughs> on how to repair brakes and then... Told you, bring your car in and I'll fix your brakes. You'd be a fool to give those that car to me. You would really, literally, be a fool. But for some reason, you read something in a magazine here, or you hear somebody talk about something about religion, and then now you've decided that the whole Armenian Church or the whole faith, all of Christianity, is bunk because you heard somebody, and you're not investing the time to learn something. And I, I, there was a time where I would argue, and now I'm at a point where, hey, you don't want it, don't listen, don't come. I mean, you sat through an entire liturgy. He literally sat through it. I thought he was he was uh, disabled, unable to stand up. And then later I realized it was out of disrespect. 
and his entire intention of being there was to start a fight. And it's the same thing with the podcast, except I don't get to see you. Sometimes you'll end up writing, but if you're not interested in this, you know, turn it off. There's nobody forcing you to listen to this. But if you are going to listen, use it as an opportunity to engage in some thought. Some thought that might take you higher than where you are right now. And that's the intention with which this is given. Not that I possess any special uh, insight, but I do possess a 40-year history inside of this church, and I want to share with you what this church means to me. It's a faith that revolves around Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we understand him to be love personified. And so in that respect, yes, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And it's the only way to find God. St. John says, God is love. And so you have this A is equal to B, B is equal to C, therefore A is equal to C. If God is love and love is Jesus, God is Jesus, love is God, love is Jesus, and they all are, in, you know, it's just very scientific. It's very, it's a mathematical equation. You don't need anything more complicated than that. I know, I know, it's easy to complicate it, and I know there's been volumes written on this, but trust me, go down this journey and see that the goodness of God is really something very easy, as it should be. Sometimes I listen to people as they 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 branch off and they say, well, God has this and this, and they go into these enormous, enormous um, efforts to sift through different passages of the Bible because the Bible says this, and now, therefore, we have to justify it. In fact, I heard one speaker just this morning. It was trying to justify something that was in the Bible. How about justifying it in the sense of saying that, you know, it was something that was written 3,000 years ago, and today we are at a new millennium. We are at a new age with new kinds of and very interesting challenges in front of us. Let's admit that the Bible is true, but it is not factual. What? Yeah, yeah, repeat that. The Bible is true. 100% it's true. It's not factual. I mean, it's not, it was never meant to be taken as this, this, this book of, uh, of science. It's not a book of facts. It's not a book of rights and wrongs. It's one complete book showing God's love for each and every one of us. Because once you start taking it factually, you're just opening yourself up for problems. Problems which you cannot answer. And so this is what happens is that people get into these weird, weird things. You know, if Adam and Eve were the only two people in the world and they had two sons, well, where did the, who did they procreate with? With their mother? Oh, you mean there were other children? Oh, so then there was incest? And then you go on to the Noah story and you say, well, wait a minute. You mean nobody was innocent in the world? What about the child that was born yesterday? Well, wait a minute. You know, I, let me explain. That child had original sin and all. Stop it. <laughs> Nobody's asking you to defend God. God can defend himself. How about just understanding the truth of this story, that in the beginning, God creates life. The truth of the story 
that God has certain expectations of each and every one of us. I mean, sift through it in a very positive manner because that's the manner in which Christ has asked us to look at it. And so it was that I I came to understand what faith is in my life. It was very positive to be able to serve in a church that's filled with so much music, so much liturgy, so much beauty in its artwork. And as a young man, to, to challenge myself by reading the scriptural passages of Jesus, of reading the New Testament, and understanding just as in the 60s and the 70s there was rebellion against, against uh, the establishment, Jesus too rebelled against the establishment. And he said it's not about these buildings and structures, it's about the faith that comes out of them. And yet he was the first one to be in that building. He started off his ministry by going to the synagogue. He went there. And I understood that that building in itself has a purpose and a function. It's not God, but it does have a purpose and a function. And throughout the 70s, I was, you know, formed through the music of the time. And particularly, I connected with a band, uh, Jethro Tull, who had a leader who in very very real sense, was challenging these same ideas in his lyrics. It was a man who eschewed drugs, despite that it was a a counterculture of a drug culture. Here was somebody who was showing the positivity of life without that, the use of of, uh, mind-altering chemicals. And that was very special to me, something that I really... I, I, I felt like there was an importance of enjoying life for what it was. I was very, very connected to nature, to be able to to see the beauty of life all around you. And from there, his music, the, the music of Jethro Tull, of Ian Anderson, the Scottish influence in it, which was something later on, many decades later, I was able to connect that when I heard bands like Bambir and went to Karahunj and saw these beautiful uh, formations that connects us with the universe. And then you see things coming out of Stone Edge in the United Kingdom and you start realizing, wow, the connection of the earth and ultimately with the universe. Yeah. So here I am growing up, forming and the blessings are being given to me, whether it's the music or to find love in life. And I was received the blessing of being married to Susan, somebody who took on the ministry with me. And together we became this ministry. We started off our first parish. I was ordained in 1982. And I was offered three parishes at the time. There was one in the Central Valley of California, which was a farming community that I really thought I would really enjoy. I was really vying for it. But this is when I tell you a blessing is from God, how these things all work out. The second one was uh, an Oceanside community here in California, in Southern California. I was very excited about that. And the third one was what was called San Jose. Today in California, it happens to be the third largest city 
in California, only behind Los Angeles and San Diego. Some people think the third is San Francisco. Actually, San Jose is the third largest city in California. And we were fortunate enough to be assigned to that parish, which had no church at the time. It had a small little building, and it had this new priest and his wife who came up there, and all of their children were born there. And during the 15 years that we served in that area, it was also called the Santa Clara Valley, which became and is known as the Silicon Valley. If you own an Apple computer, iPad, or an iPhone, you will note that there is a time setting in there. The Pacific time setting is to Cupertino. Cupertino is a small town. It was a small town on the outskirts of San Jose, where we made our residence, and that's where we built our church, the St. Andrew Armenian Church. And there we learned a lot of things, including the uh, what the electronic industry had to offer us. Um, I remember being fascinated with computers and starting off on a very small Timex, which was a Sinclair computer with a, with a small little keyboard, and graduated to an Apple IIc Susan bought for one of my birthdays. Surprised me. Whoa, I don't have to deal with this tiny little keyboard. I've got this Apple IIc. And started programming. Started programming small little tasks. Things that would do little tasks. And um, started developing databases. Which evolved into the first bulletin board system for Armenian, for Armenian matters and Armenian church matters. And this was off of, if, and just for the sake of saying it, it was a 1,200 baud modem because that was the best we could get. There was 300 baud and then 1,200 baud. Later became 2,400 baud. Of course, today we're talking about gigabyte transfers <laughs> on the cloud Forget about what I'm talking about. These are really ancient, ancient things. But for those who understand, it was a very primitive time. But with those primitive means, we were able to develop the first Armenian bulletin board system. What does that mean? Much like a bulletin board where you put up ideas, this was electronic and it resided at our church. It's called SANE. Those of you who correspond with me know that I've retained that domain. Domains came out. And this is what I'm talking about, blessings. The blessing of marriage, the blessing of having a parish, and the blessing that comes with it when you realize that God has given you these things. You realize, what is God, or not realize, but you ask yourself, what does God want me to do with those blessings that he's given? And so each step of the way, I've been blessed. I've had luck but there was no element of chance, right? Blessing. Luck without the element of chance. No, God is in control. God's leading you. So there we are in Silicon Valley, and we're producing shows. We are producing material, content, using computers. We're getting it out to the people. I make presentations. We we, we try to get the, a bandwagon for the Armenian Church. Of course, people... 
takes a little bit of while for people to join that bandwagon, but we're doing it. We start creating videos for Sunday school. I had this wonderful young lady, producers, Michelle, she would produce these shows once a week for the Sunday school audience, and that caught the attention of some people in Southern California. And so all of a sudden, I get this invitation to the St. Gregory Armenian Church. Blessing, yes. Luck, without the element of chance. Because now you realize that, okay, it's not really luck because you're really going to be putting yourself out to do this. But as long as you realize that there's no chance involved, you realize that it is part of a calling, which we call the ministry. So I end up with the whole family down in Pasadena. And what a beautiful opportunity we had for children to go to Armenian school and at the same time for us to expand an otherwise unproselytized area. Here in Pasadena, we had the opportunity to expand on the St. Gregory Armenian Church where I was giving lessons to the young people. We had youth programs at the, at, a, at the tune of 200, 250 every weekend, every Friday night, they would assemble in parking lots. We would have church services. We tore down the old building in the church hall, which would accommodate a thousand seats, two thousand if you filled it up. We would fill it up on regular Sundays, not to mention the the big Easter celebrations, and bringing in what we had from Silicon Valley in the year two thousand. Apostle was born when we did the first broadcast. We broadcast the Divine Liturgy. It was an audio broadcast, and we found some people, Japonica Partners, back in New Jersey, who partnered with us to make that happen. And all of a sudden, what do we have? We have electronic ministry. So that was the beginning, and that's where we came up with the idea of Apostle. But at the same time, we were doing television shows. Once a week, we were doing on Los Angeles local television. And those, too, have been archived here and there. You might see some of them if you look hard enough. Those are, unfortunately, those shows are... I don't know whatever happened to the archives of those. Actually, I do, but I, I don't think we can get them. But what that what that brought about was recognition. And so it was that my producer at the time, uh, Vache Mangasarian, he just passed away last year, a few months ago, actually, a very nice man who was offering me time on his weekly show. And that evolved into a show that we were sponsoring. He called me up and he said, there's a gentleman who wants to see you. And uh, so I went and I met with this gentleman. He owned a car dealership. His name was Onig. He said, um, I have a church for you. And, uh, you know, I, I said, okay, that's fine. I'm, you know, you don't know what kind of joke this is, you know, who's going to give you a church. And so he takes me at night, he takes me to this building in the middle of Glendale. And um, I've been working with youth all along and been working with young people. I, at the same time, I had um, some incredible incredible relationship with a professor at USC, namely Harar Dekmejian, who was also a deacon in my church, who had invited me to be a chaplain for the USC Armenian students. So I'm working with young people, and here's a guy telling me, here's a church for you. And, you know, I'm not really interested in another church. I'm in Pasadena. I'm in the biggest church there is, you know. And he takes me to this building, and I look at it, and it says, that's good. We entered through the back door at night, 
And um, we go up to the front door and open it up. And it is a church that is sitting on the corner across from a cluster of American Glendale, American public schools in Glendale. And it is a high school, Hoover High School, Toll Middle School, and Keppel Elementary School. And there, 60% of the population is Armenian. In other words, <laughs> when you pray to God, get ready because he's going to not put you, if you're praying for a youth, he's going to give you the youth. He's not going to put you in an old age home. And there it was the beginning of the Youth Ministry Center. We were in the densest population of Armenian young people outside of Yerevan with the youth ministry. And so we started this. We started it in right in the center of Glendale in an area that was neglected by all Armenian organizations. But the church was there. We were there bringing the message of Christ. We did some incredible things uh, to to the magnitude of miracles, including talking about um, forgiveness, talking about violence. This was a time when there were gangs and horrible, horrible uh, things that were going on in the streets. And um, right about that time, I met this young lady in 2005 named Susie, who you hear every week here on the next step. A computer whiz but by profession, a librarian, somebody who knew how to put together different uh, programming, had, had that skill. And so we together said, why don't we do a weekly show? And so was born The Next Step from the Youth Ministry Center. And in the early days of The Next Step in 2008, when we started, up until 2013 or 14, every week we would actually produce the show and we would literally give out hundreds of copies of the CDs of the show. So people would take these CDs from the center and they'd put it in their car. They'd put it in what was called their uh, personal uh, CD device. Do you remember those? It used to be like little cassettes. Now they were little personal CD devices. Of course, all of this went away with the advent of the iPod and later the iPhone. But we would actually burn CDs of the next step once a week. And, and with this ability to do this, we were producing different shows, including Lenten series, including our entire operation for domestic violence, which was, which was a big event um, that we we championed inside of Glendale, where it was a hush-hush taboo subject, we dared to talk about it and to put it out using the electronics that were in front of us. Around 2016, I just had this feeling that we needed to move beyond this. And it was a calling again, because I wasn't sure where we were going, but our bishop, our primate, Archbishop Hovnan, gave me the permission to leave the parish and assign another parish priest there. And within, a, it wasn't even within a day, it was, the, it was the same day that I left, a gentleman came up and made a very handsome, handsome donation for us to start an outreach program where we actually went out and helped people in the name of the Armenian Church. And although in his shoes was 
formed in 2003 through the youth ministry, it really had a ground now to be able to have a voice in a larger context, larger community. And it was almost like, it it was very strange because I truly believe this is the blessing that I'm talking about. There was no element of chance, but it was luck. How am I going to make it? I've never had to worry because it's not about luck. It's about receiving that blessing. And so the year 2020 arrived and the pandemic hit. (laughs) Right as the pandemic is hitting, I'm realizing, okay, we've got to do something else. But remember, a blessing. If you have that blessing, there's no element of chance involved. Not sure what's going to happen. I really am not sure at this point. Pandemic goes for two years, 2021. And we're, things are starting to move back and we're, we're approaching the year 2022, this year. And I'm saying, okay, my age has gotten up. Thank God we've had a good run at it. Maybe it's time to slow down and retire. And then enters the next blessing. And that's where we're at today. A gentleman named Eric comes up and he says, I want to see you really push what you're doing to the next limit. And I'm re- willing to back that. And so, since the beginning of this year, I've been hinting at it. I've been sharing with you little bits and pieces. But today we are actually launching it. Epostle.net. This is phase two. The new phase. And so today with this podcast, we begin our 15th year. The XV year of Next Step. And we have a new logo. My dear sister, Anush, who's been part of my ministry from day one. No matter where I go, that's one of the beautiful things. That that That's not, again, that's not luck. It's a blessing. I called her up. I said, I need a new logo. And there it is. You see it on the cover of today's, today's podcast. That's the official logo. So when you see that logo, you know you are getting programming that is apostolic evangelism for an electronic world. Or as I'd like to say, for an electronic and expanding universe. Because after all, these are radio signals. They're going out there. You don't know who's listening. You really don't know. As I find just about every week when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, that was really interesting what you said in the shine. You're going, what? You were listening to that? You were following that? And (laughs) it's, it's, it's flattering. It's also humbling because you realize that there's a great responsibility. So welcome to the 15th year of the next step, a blessing in the happening. And whether you're a neophyte, someone searching, someone who just wants to engage in something more than just the usual conversation, you don't have to check your brain in at the door to follow this. This is just natural. This is just belief. This is faith. This is understanding that we are all connected in this grand, grand, beautiful experience that we happen to call life. And on these Next Step shows, we connect it all. We give you the chance to connect it for yourself by sharing with you the stories, by sharing with you the insights that come to us on a weekly basis. So join us at the next step as we start this 15th year. I hope you'll be with us every week. 
for the next step, the podcast. Of course, we have Bible studies weekly. We have a wide variety of programming, all of which will be available to everyone free of charge at epostle.net. Right now, the mothership in his shoes, which is the product of all of our work. In other words, Epostle is the voice of Armadoxy. Armadoxy points to us walking in the shoes of others, having compassion, having that understanding of God's love and our ability to share that God's love. Also, let me point you to the show notes today. There'll be all kinds of links where you can follow up and get in touch with us and see the different kind of programming that we have for you. So that does it for today's show. Here is Susie to once again make her announcement. And when I come back, I'll wrap it all up for you. Before getting back to the next step with Father Vazgen, I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that this ministry is supported through the heartfelt donations of listeners like you. Thanks for keeping us in your prayers and partnering with this expanding and dynamic outreach. The next step is entering homes and communities with a solid message proclaiming God's message of love, forgiveness, and compassion. We look forward to your comments and words of encouragement. Please consider partnering in this dynamic ministry by making a contribution. By pressing on the donate button on our website, you can set up automatic donations, either weekly, monthly, or annually. Your donation goes a long way in furthering this ministry. Even more, tell your friends and family by sharing the Next Step link or website with them. We're on iTunes and Blueberry as well as Facebook and Twitter. We are excited about this ministry and invite you to share in our enthusiasm. This is Susie wishing you all of God's blessings in your life. We now return to the next step with Father Vazgen. Thank you, Susie, for the announcement and for all you do to make the next step a reality. Looking forward to our 15th year of producing these programs together. Also, thank you to all of you, all of you who pray for us, who share your comments, who share your insights with us, share your thoughts. I really, really appreciate mostly your prayers because it's on those prayers that the next step is built. I want to also thank all of you who are sponsors of this show. Very easy to do. As soon as you said, you go on the website, inissues.org, and you make a contribution, and you can make it a, a regular or once-a-month contribution, and it goes a long way. It pays for the purchase of of equipment, of web space, of storage space, a lot of stuff. So there you go. There's a very tangible way of supporting this ministry. Anyway, that does it for today's show. We are starting our 15th year, officially, as if you didn't know, right? (laughs) Anyway, today's show was a little bit different, had a chance to make it a little bit more personal, where we are at, at, uh, at this point in life. And I wanted to share with you some of the blessings, things that have blessed my life. Like I said, it's luck without any element of chance. And I know all of you who are listening, who share and participate, are part of that blessing and part of the miracle, which we call Armadoxy, a faith that keeps us going. On behalf of the wonderful team who put together today's show, I want to do a shout out to a guy who helped us out for many, many years. He's not with us right now, Ken. He was the engineer on many shows. I think there's several hundred shows. And for my son, Barajan, who's responsible for this wonderful theme song of The Next Step. 
And on behalf of Susie and myself, we look forward to seeing you again next week when we will take the next step. Stand by for disclaimer. And now here's the fine print. The information and comments presented within this podcast and our website do not necessarily represent the views of the Armenian Church hierarchy, but are presented as a challenge to define the dynamics of Armenian Orthodoxy in all aspects of life. Listening to these shows is habit-forming. Addictive behavior associated with the next step is rarely, if ever, remedied. Rather, the next step is known to relieve and cure common cases of narrow-mindedness, prejudice, numbskullness, and glaucoma in patients over the age of 20. Results may vary depending on credit rating. Findings are based on double-blind studies conducted in Istanbul and Jerusalem. Side effects include mind expansion, clarity of focus, higher rates of heart palpitations, sensitivity to the pain of others, and occasional nausea. Demandment and production crew vpostle.net take full responsibility for changes you will experience. Not valid with any other offer. I forgot to ask you if uh, you, you're seeing the same sky as we are.